there's a beautiful verse uh, in Genesis. The Lord kind of just gave me insight on that. Genesis in chapter... I'm going to look at Genesis, the story of, um, just real quick, Adam and Eve. And it's really quick. Just to show what God had to do to reconcile us to himself. And uh, he says in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 20, he says, The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. So the first thing we notice is is that um, the wife had a different name than her husband. The man gave his wife another name. Um, In verse 20, the man named his wife, which not only shows that he has authority over the wife, but that when the wife is independent from the husband and is not called by his name anymore, is sin. That's a, that's a sign that sin has happened. Whenever the wife is independent from her husband, that's a, that's a picture of sin. Eve wasn't called, uh, the woman wasn't called Eve until after the fall, which shows that, again, when the wife has a different name or is different from her husband or has something separate from her husband, that sin has happened. Um, and this is because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. This is another example of um, this. God gave Adam and Eve garments of skins to cover them, which is a picture of God covering their sins by the death of an animal. They were naked and their nakedness was because their recognition that they were naked uh, was because of their sin and eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God then turned and covered up their sin with garments, um, which uh, which is from the death of an animal. God got the garments from the death of an animal. An animal had to be killed for their nakedness slash sin to be covered. Hence, the requirements of human uh, of animal sacrifices in the temple. So, God covering up Adam and Eve with garments of skin from the from God having to kill an animal is uh the explanation for why the sacrificial system in the old covenant in the temple and in the tabernacle required animal sacrifices because God was showing that in this period until the promise of the Messiah comes something has to die animals have to die something has to die in order for your sins to be covered and even and and so and that's the that's a principle we find throughout the scripture. We find throughout the scripture that in order for us to be reconciled to God, something has to die. Somebody has to die, and we see that the greatest death is who Yeshua. Yeshua Hamashiach died on the cross for our sins. Yeshua the Messiah died for our sins, and so to to do what to reconcile us to God. That's the first. So he's his. His death on the cross opened the door for us to be reconciled to the Lord. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and uh, 16 through 21, he says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us. Reconcile, uh, I'm sorry. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And so what happened? So in order for us to be reconciled to God, Christ Yeshua had to die. So that's step one. We have to, in order for us to live a holy and godly life in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, we first have to do what? We first have to accept the death of Yeshua, the Messiah. We have to accept his death, his burial, his resurrection, and then we can be reconciled to God. Then that's the initial step. That's just the first step. Then we continue to get closer to God. We continue to further and further and further reconcile ourselves to God by our death to ourselves. So following his death, I have to follow, uh, following Yeshua's death, I have to follow that example and learn from that example and die to myself. Because before Yeshua died on the cross, he first died to himself every single day. Yeshua died to his own will every single day of his life. And then he died on the cross. And so that has to be my attitude as well. I have to die to myself every single day of my life. And then in, in, uh, in order for, I have to accept Yeshua's death, and then I have to die every day to myself. As Paul, as uh, the apostle writes in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 31, he says, I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ, uh, Christ Jesus our Lord, I die every day. And that's what we have to do. We have to die every single day to our own will, to our own lusts, to our own desires, to our own plans, to our own goals, our own dreams, everything. We have to die to all that in order to be reconciled to God. There are certain uh, certain things in our lives that have to die. There are certain relationships that have to die. There are certain desires and things that we used to do, certain things that we like. That has to die. Certain friendships have to die. Certain boyfriend-girlfriend relationships have to die. Where I'm sitting here living together, not married and fornicating and whatever. That stuff's got to die. Me enjoying uh, TV shows and music and media that is displeasing to God. That stuff's got to die in order for me to be reconciled to God. It's like the Bible says, your sins have separated you from your God. Every time I give up a sin... I'm taking one step closer towards reconciliation with God. I'm far apart. So we, we God, for, when, when I accept Yeshua's death, boom, okay, all my sins are forgiven. My body becomes the temple of God and God becomes my father. But I'm still on the race. There's still lots of reconciliation that needs to happen. The sins have got to die in my life. And every, with every sin that dies in my life, I take one step closer to the Lord. It's just like um, what John says in John the Baptist. It's just like what he says in uh, this 
He says, John answered, a person cannot, he says, uh, verse 25, now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. Uh, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. Okay, you're losing. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness, bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. And so what happens? The more and more I, I let go of sin the more and more I am reconciling myself to the Lord and the more and more he is increasing in my life. His power, his presence, his favor is increasing in my life to get victory over sin, to work through difficulties, to fight and endure complexities and hardships. All those things are happening to me as I'm dying to myself, as I say no to my own will and yes to his will, blessing, favor, Victory over sin, his presence, his favor, all that increases in our life. And so, um, and so this is the message that the Lord wants us for us is to be reconciled to God. Um, in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 12, he says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body, verse 10, always carrying in the body the death of Yeshua, so that the life of Yeshua may also be manifested in our bodies. He says, for we who are who live are always being given over to death for Yeshua's sake, so that the life of Yeshua also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So in order for the life of Christ to show in us, we've got to die to our own will. We have always have to give our lusts over to death, our pride over to death, our insecurities over to death our arrogance over to death, our selfishness over to death. We've got to give what we want over to death, our desires, our goals, our dreams, everything that we want that comes from our plan, all of that must be given over to death and exchanged for God's will, God's plan, God's ideas, God's thoughts, what God wants and desires. All that's got to be exchanged. And that's how the life of Christ is made known in me. See, we want you want to try to play both sides of the fence. But the bottom, people want to play both sides of the fence. They want a little bit of God and a little bit of the world too. But it doesn't work like that. That's why there's no power. Why you got all these churches, all these choirs, all this gospel. There's radio stations, Christian radio stations everywhere. There's Christian books everywhere. There's uh, publishing. There's a whole uh, industry Christian, quote unquote, Christian industry pumping out on a daily basis, Christian things. But yet our society is still going to hell. Why? Because the life of Christ is not being made uh, manifest in our life because we're not dying to ourselves. It's not through Christian activity that the life of Christ is made manifest. It's through death to our own self. It's through death to our own will. So he says, we are always carrying around in our body the death of Yeshua so that the life of Yeshua is also made known 
in our bodies. And so, again, the, the, the trade-off is this. Without death, there is not life. Without death of myself, there is no life of Christ in me. There is no leadership of Christ in me. There is no blessing, favor. There's no, none of that. I have got to die to myself if I want God to operate in my life, to lead me, guide me, direct me. And it's the same for all of us. We must all die to ourselves if we want the Lord God of heaven to live, to truly live through us, to be the decision maker in our lives. We've got to die to our own will. And uh, last verse, Romans in chapter 12, brings this point out plainly here. Romans in chapter 12, he says, I appeal to you, verse starting at verse 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. We are living sacrifices. That means that as we are living in this life, we are sacrificing our lives to do the will of God. We are sacrificing our plans, our dreams, our goals, our desires, our unholy relationships, our unholy entertainment, our unholy people, places, and things that we've bound ourselves to. We are sacrificing that. Our, all, the, all the wickedness of the flesh, we are sacrificing that to God to do what? Live a life that's holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual worship. And our Lord teaches us in, in, uh, in, the, in John, speaking of the woman at the well, that those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. I can't be sleeping around. I can't be watching porn and masturbating at home. I can't be sitting up here lying and cheating and gossiping and doing all kinds of other things. I can't be jealous of others, creating strife and division. I can't be selfishly ambitious and then worship in the spirit. You can't do that. I can't go to the club and worship in the spirit. I can't be living together, not married and worship in the spirit. I can't be um, cheating on my taxes or lying or doing all these other dishonest things. I, I, I can't exactly. I can't do all. I can't do any of that stuff. Be disobedient to my parents, you know, uh, children, speaking of children, you know, I, I can't be uh, being disrespectful to people and still be worshiping in the spirit. You just can't do it. You just cannot do it. You cannot have sin and worship in the spirit. You cannot be practicing sin and worship in the spirit. You just cannot do it. You cannot do it. And so that is how I live holy and acceptable. I sacrifice the sins in my life, which is my spiritual worship. And those who worship the Lord God of heaven must worship him in spirit and in truth, the Bible says. And so then verse two, he says, do not be conformed to this world. You see, don't be conformed to this world. So if I'm going to be living a life of sacrifice to God, pleasing to God, I cannot be in the mold of the world. That means I can't be following the trends of the world. I can't be um, trying to keep up with the world, trying to be like the world, imitate the world like so many people do in church. They want to act like the world, you know, preach like the world, dress like the world. You know, oh, well, I want to reach him. I want to reach him. You're not reaching anybody without it, trying to imitate them. What can you do for somebody if you're just like them? How can you save somebody if you just like, the, well, I go to the movies and watch these filthy and watch these movies of killing, cussing and sexing and cussing. Well, you know, I'm trying to reach the world. You can't reach anybody like that. What can you do? It's just like somebody stuck in a pit. If I'm stuck down in the pit, too, how am I going to get you out? It's not possible. 
I can't help you if I'm just like you. It's just in the Bible, and the Lord told Jeremiah that let this people come to you. You don't go to them. Let this people come to you. They've got to come to where you are. You can't go to where they are. And that was the fault of Israel and why Israel fell because they wanted to be just like the nations. Let us be just like the nations. We want to be like everybody else. No, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, he says, by the renewing of your mind and that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so the bottom line here is, is that we have got to um, be willing to be living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. We've got to be willing to sacrifice our will, which only leads to misery and ruin anyway. Romans chapter 3 tells us that our, he says, our own way leads to misery and ruin. So it's best that we just offer up ourselves to God as a living sacrifice. It's best if we just don't do our own will. It's best for us. We're not doing God any favors by being obedient. We're doing ourselves the favor by offering ourselves up to him entirely. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to offer ourselves up to you entirely. We want to do your will. We want to follow you. We want to be obedient to you, Father. And thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made on the cross to reconcile us to you. And Father, we pray that every day we would live lives of reconciliation. Get the foolishness out of our heart, Lord. The foolishness that wants other things. That, the desire for other things, Lord. That you said in Mark chapter 2, the desire for other things, Lord. Get that out of our heart, Lord. May we only desire you and you alone. We pray it in Yeshua's name. Amen.